0: You're listening to A Journey in American English. Hello everyone and welcome back. We hope that you had a fantastic Easter and a fantastic weekend. I'm sorry if I sound a bit stuffy. Spring is coming and I have allergies, unfortunately. In today's episode, Chris and I want to touch on a topic that is somewhat controversial, namely the legalization of marijuana and how this is slowly beginning more and more acceptance in mainstream society and in modern-day culture. Furthermore, we touch on the history of the legalization of tobacco and the legalization of and prohibition of alcohol within the United States. So it is definitely a very interesting and difficult topic. With that being said, Please enjoy hey welcome back <laughs> Happy uh, <Easter>. everyone
1: <laughs> hope you enjoyed uh, your easter we took a little uh one
0: week break yeah um i don't know did you do anything for easter
1: uh my family had dinner uh wasn't anything too crazy ham uh cheesy potatoes uh uh-huh. cheesy uh asparagus there's a bakery around me that does these like psychedelic colored rolls. They, I don't know if they do them all year round, but my family always gets them for Easter. And uh, Montana has a lot of really good bakeries because uh, we have grain here, <laughs> so there we it was it's pretty good. And uh, yeah, it wasn't anything too crazy,
0: but it was nice to see family. Psychedelic rolls? I don't I don't know what those are.
1: Did I just accidentally kind of <laughs> foreshadow our topic?
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs> I think that's what they're called.
0: Uh, I have no idea. I've never heard of them.
1: Yeah, they're like they look like a crazy tie dye mess. They all look a little uh, differently.
0: Okay. Oh no, I didn't do really anything special for Easter. My my wife made potato salad. That's usually our thing. Um, most Germans do like an Easter fire kind of like a bonfire. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love it. But you can't really do it because it's against the law at the moment. What with, uh, you know, the virus and the stipulations, people really can't meet for that stuff. So it's been kind of blocked.
1: Oh, even outside?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of iffy. I mean, if it's outside, maybe, but generally speaking, it's kind of bad practice at the moment. I wouldn't feel safe doing it anyway with like 30 people.
1: I, I, oh, that's, yeah, I'm picturing, like, a family of five or six meeting in a backyard to light some stuff on fire.
0: That's generally what it is, but uh, we usually go to her aunt's house, and it's it's around, like, 10, 15 people. Oh, okay. you know. Yeah, and generally yeah. what they do is they, they make, like, dough, and they put it on a stick, and then they heat that over a fire, and, you know, you, you basically bake bread, fresh bread over a fire, and you kind of eat that and just, you know, just talk for... The whole evening it's really nice actually that does sound pretty nice yeah but easter is kind of like one of those holidays that you can't really do much if you're not religious so unless the you're ma- a kid yeah, yeah the majority he- of my family is
1: pretty religious it's not it's not really my thing um but that's, you know, not, i'm happy to see everyone and you know the yeah, kids get their
0: easter baskets and all that definitely yeah, yeah I, that's the thing like if you're an adult and you're religious that easter is a very important holiday But if you're not, I really don't know. Then it's more of a cultural thing, you know, like with the bunnies and the eggs and the chocolate. As a kid, that was awesome because you would go egg hunting.
1: Oh, yeah, it was my favorite holiday because it's it's fun to look
0: for things. (laughs) Yeah, but now I'm like, no, I mean, not really. It's nice, like you said, getting to see everyone and, you know, catching up. But I'm not going to church. (laughs) Yeah, same. But... Yeah. So that's Easter. So speaking of foreshadowing, so what do you have prepared for us?
1: So uh, when I brought this up to Chris in our our chat, he was a little surprised at first. I don't know if he thought I was completely serious at first, but I kind of want to talk about uh, drugs and alcohol Mm. in the U.S., uh, especially how the attitude around things have been changing over the last 10, 15, 20 or so years.
0: Yeah. Uh, and,
1: and the law has been making a lot of moves, uh, especially in the last 10.
0: Yeah, I think before we start with the, the present, I think we go back to the past a little bit. And maybe, you know what prohibition is, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So for those who don't know, I don't know why, would, why anyone outside the U.S. would know this. Um, alcohol was prohibited uh, at the beginning of the 20th century. And there was a movement started by a bunch of women. I believe Uh, they're most, most of them were mothers and it was something like mothers against uh, alcohol or mothers against like drunken husbands. And their thinking was my husband goes to work. Then he goes to the bar. He spends all of her money. He comes home. He doesn't spend time with me. So alcohol is evil. And after them doing a lot of protesting alcohol was banned in the u.s for what was it like four years
1: uh i can't remember the exact time frame but it was a good amount of time
0: yeah and that was the whole birth of al capone and like moonshine so it was 13
1: years oh it was oh yeah that's a long time
0: oh wow yeah it's a long time yeah and that was basically the development of or um, enabled the development of like moonshine. So illegal whiskey or illegal alcohol, you would brew under the shine of the moon. So that's why it's moonshine. And it's
1: kind of developed. You can still buy moonshine. Like in, it's usually very strong.
0: Yeah. Uh, It doesn't
1: taste great. I've only ever seen, you know, there are different flavored liquors of Mm. vodka, rums and whiskeys. I've only ever seen plain moonshine and like apple pie moonshine i don't know why just those two
0: Oh uh, yeah but that's probably something like you buy at a store but like pure moonshine like it'll make you go blind if you drink like it's like pure alcohol
1: yep the, they call it the white lightning don't they
0: yeah white lightning and so al capone was a gangster in the early 20th century and that was basically his bread and butter and a lot of people don't know this but he was basically responsible for nascar because he had to find drivers who could handle these fast cars and they had to outrun the cops. And that was basically their job of transporting whiskey from Canada to the U S and once alcohol was legal, these guys are kind of out of a job, you know, cause they don't have to smuggle anymore. And so a lot of these former smugglers turned to racing. And that was basically the birth of NASCAR in the U S so mm-hmm. kind like, <clears> of <throat> like a funny side note. But and, and you yeah. know,
1: uh, something that's going to be echoed later in the podcast. Mm. So, this is something uh, I learned a bit, a good bit about when I went on a tour of a local town of mine a couple years ago, Butte. Uh, that town, uh, crazy, crazy, crazy amounts of uh, of speakeasies, which were bars yeah. during prohibition, hidden bars. You had to, you know, you had to like have a special knock or know where it is. Or I've seen one that you went into a coat closet, you closed the door, <laughs> yeah, open the
0: shelf and you're in. Yeah, I love that. I love the word speak easy. So like what it is is in the name. So you have to speak easily. And from the literature I've skimmed, it was basically one of the first places where I would say races could co-mingle and it was acceptable because everyone wanted to drink so black white man woman and inside of these speakeasies there was no such thing as i would say race because they're kind of we all want to drink so speakeasy um hmm. very interesting stuff <clears throat> yeah so
1: um Butte has so many speakeasies that they were still discovering them hidden in buildings as late as 2003 oh
0: wow
1: yeah there's if you you if you pull up there is a map you can pull up of butte montana and it will put dots on the map where all the known speakeasies were and there is a lot that was a mining town and they like to drink
0: that reminds me of an article i read a couple weeks back where this one guy he bought a house and i'll make the story really story and in this in this neighborhood there's this myth that the the former owner was like uh he like made moonshine and he was smuggling and whatnot and he hid a lot of moonshine in his house and this new owner so like almost 100 years later found like a bunch of bottles and most of them were empty but a couple of them were were full and so he sold them i think for like a couple hundred dollars or something
1: oh nice Nice. yeah get that vintage white lightning
0: (laughs) yeah i wouldn't have had it but I, I might have
1: taken a, a sniff of it out of curiosity, although well, that might have been enough.
0: <laughs> well, definitely, uh, that's true. But mm. oh, yeah. Uh, real quick, before we move on, sure. Uh,
1: this is something I wanted to get to because this is, like uh-huh. I said, it's going to echo later. Mm. Something that would happen during Prohibition is alcohol was illegal recreationally. It was not illegal medically. You could go to your pharmacist or your doctor or whatever. And they could write you a prescription like, oh, you know, this housewife is, you know, overly emotional or distressed or whatever. I prescribe X amount of whiskey a day and you could go to the pharmacy and buy whiskey. Uh, And just like uh, we'll talk about later, you know, usually (laughs) these aren't legitimate prescriptions.
0: That reminds me a lot of what happened in the 50s and 60s in Germany. So there is a drink called uh, Frauengold, which literally means like woman's gold. And oh. there was this uh, this ad that like is your wife sad? Is she is she sleepy? Has she lost like energy? Then give her this drink, and she'll feel a lot better. She'll be vitalized. She'll be a better uh, a better mom, a better wife, uh, a better caregiver. And they kind of sold this drink to women as like you know like an energy drink. Yeah. And, and it turned out that the drink was like 40% alcohol.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Yeah. So, that, I mean, if I was drunk all the time, I'd be happy, too. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's a funny side note. Um, I guess another side note I have before we move on to what you wanted to say sure. is, like, is like marijuana. So, marijuana around this time was completely legal. And a lot of people didn't like it because it was kind of a threat to the paper industry. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if that's true or not, but that's a popular oh, it, myth.
1: That's, that's, I know that's a big origin of why it's illegal in the U.S.
0: Yeah, and so hemp is what you yes. kind of get from the, the, the cannabis plant. And that was a huge threat to the, to the paper industry. And so they kind of tried to demonize it. And even the name Mary Jane is somewhat racist because it's kind of uh, goes back to something that would sound somewhat Spanish. So marijuana mary jane um but it's not true you know so yeah whatever
1: whatever it takes to get what you're trying to do right yeah especially when there's that much money involved
0: yeah and so after like the 30s and 40s almost all drugs in the u.s are banned um for all intents and purposes basically until you get to like the 60s where the one guy invents uh what was it acid
1: (laughs) yeah probably
0: yeah but what were you gonna say the
1: advent of um... So I did want to bring up <clears throat> that around, so the, the U.S. has been going slowly through process of state mm. by state. This is not at all organized on a federal level. Various states are uh, legalizing medical marijuana. They're legalizing fully recreational. Some states are just decriminalizing it. Uh, Oregon fully decriminalized all drugs recently. Oh, wow which is like when I know around 10 or so years ago when Colorado, Washington, and one or so other states, they were kind of the, the front lines of full legalization. They were kind of the test case. Mm. Look, let's see what happens. Is the state going to catch on fire? Are they going to make a lot of money? What's mm. going to happen to their economy? Now, things kind of went fine, so other states have been following suit. I think Oregon is going to be another case like that for full decriminalization,
0: Yeah, Colorado, that was in a couple of South Park episodes about uh, like the legalization of cannabis in the U.S. Uh, Like one small point I want to touch on before we go on. You said like the difference between like federal and local. And that's a huge distinction. So for those who don't know, um, locally speaking, so like within the state, uh, a lot of these drugs are actually legal, but on a federal level, they're not. So if you work at a federal job, you're not allowed to smoke cannabis, for example, because federally speaking, it's still prohibited. But locally, it's OK. Uh,
1: even f- anywhere is federally illegal. So if, if for yeah. some reason you were, you know, smoking marijuana legally in your home and a federal police officer knocked on your door, if they wanted to, they could arrest
0: you. you really? Breaking okay. Federal law. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's so pretty. So it's a, it's
1: a whole loosey goosey, weird kind of thing, and all these um, stores that deal in marijuana. Uh huh. Um, it's illegal federally, but the federal government still wants their money. <laughs> yeah, but of <laughs> Because of what they do, it's difficult. Last I heard, they had to do all their business in cash. They pay their heard- taxes in cash. They do everything in cash.
0: I heard that too. Yeah, that's one of those weird laws. Like, for example, you can actually uh, write off bribes. So if you submit your taxes, there are forms that allow you to write off bribes, <laughs> which it's just just one of those weird tax laws, but yeah. yeah.
1: And anyway, uh, so believe it or not, um, I suppose I want to talk about this first. We we're talking sure. about how this is different federally and on a state level, and we can go even farther. Uh There have been lots of places where in a state it's illegal, but local communities, you know, leadership in local communities are have done everything in their power to make to either make it illegal or say you can only buy from this one store on this one corner on the very farthest side of town on this specific day between these hours.
0: You have that too for alcohol. So you have these so-called dry communities. Oh, yes. Where there are these counties. So a county is basically like a, a subsection of a state and you have like these counties within states where you can't buy alcohol. So you would have to go to the county uh, next to that to like, get something
1: mm-hmm. on Sundays and all that. And just even the laws of how you can buy alcohol differ by state. So in Montana, you have to go to a liquor store or bar. To me that, you know, that makes sense. That's normal for yeah. hard liquor. You can buy, you know, beer and wine at other places. And then I had a friend of mine, he went on his honeymoon to Hawaii and he was at a Costco there and mm. he kind of did a double take because he's like, they're selling liquor at Costco here? <laughs> like, and apparently that's more common than not. Uh, Montana is in the minority from what I understand.
0: You can mm.
1: buy liquor at places that aren't liquor stores.
0: That's true. I don't, I personally do not think that the US and Americans have a very healthy relationship uh, with alcohol Oh, they, um, no,
1: we definitely don't.
0: <laughs> I think a, a lot of countries, especially Germany and France, handle it much better. So for the U.S., the drinking age is still 21, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Whereas in a lot of countries, it's somewhere between 16 and 18. So here in Germany, you have 16 is legal drinking limit is when you're allowed to drink like soft things. So, you know, like wine, for example, or maybe beer, Stuff that isn't really hard. It doesn't have like a lot of alcohol in it and the hard stuff. So like whiskey or rum or vodka, like pure vodka is stuff you're allowed to buy once you're 18. And I think that's a much more sensible system than making people wait till they're 21. Cause they're not going to wait anyway. Most people don't. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um. I th- yeah. I think uh, we all went to an American high school. I think we all yeah. know how that goes. I I <laughs> yeah. wasn't necessarily popular enough to be at those uh, yeah. gatherings, but uh, I knew yeah. they were happening all the time.
0: Yeah, you had to know someone who would buy something for you. Uh,
1: yeah, I, and I, I wasn't particularly looking for it either.
0: I wasn't. I didn't drink in high school either. Uh, I wasn't cool enough, but <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> but um. What about the other legalization points you want to touch on?
1: Okay, um, so I remember this, I believe this was around 2010, because it was my, it would have been 2009, 2010, somewhere in my freshman year of high school, or sophomore year of high school, so mm. year 10. Um, there was an issue, and while all this medical stuff, has at this point, Montana had medical marijuana, and this is all new, and this was stuff all developing, you know, laws, weren't perfect people were finding loopholes doing what they could so there would be traveling doctors who would kind of just go around and one would set one set up in our stadium here and you could just go in and say hey there's something wrong with me like oh sounds like you need a marijuana prescription young man (laughs) and just like before with the housewives and their prescription of whiskey you can go in and get your prescription of marijuana it's a little different you are actually kind of giving things up so uh i don't know if if you've ever purchased a firearm in the u.s or when the last time you did it was
0: no never uh
1: but when you go to purchase a firearm and you're filling out all the paperwork and stuff like that uh one of the things you have to say is have you or have you not ever smoked marijuana will you ever blah 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 and if you answer yes on any of these you're like you are not buying this gun wait really oh yeah
0: i didn't know that.
1: so if you get this prescription, you cannot buy a firearm, because when you buy a firearm, there is a whole federal process of background checks and all those huh. things. So, yes, that's, <laughs> I, I don't know, I would hope that would change with, you know, because it's inevitable, eventually, uh, federal legalization is going to have to come down. Huh. But, yeah. I it, it, it was an interesting thing because in high school you would know people like oh yeah so and so went down to the metro metro arena and got their got their prescription and
0: hmm. yeah yeah but the u.s isn't really known for its good gun laws so
1: <laughs> it also um, depends on where you live so for example i know i i believe nevada and probably some other places you can go into a gun store say hey i want to buy that say perfect all the paperwork's done come back in two weeks and i'll give it to you the idea being you can't fly into a rage go to a bun- gun store buy a, a gun and go kill somebody you have two weeks to come to your senses well is not uh, the
0: waiting period for 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 across the country though two weeks no
1: no uh, i could i could go to a pawn shop in 45 minutes or oh wow i could go to a pawn shop and probably walk out in 15 20 minutes right now with a gun if i wanted to
0: huh yeah, I've, I've, I've done it even, before. <laughs> I've never even seen a real gun, to be honest. Um, except for like from cops. But that's the closest I've ever come to a gun is from a cop. But that's really interesting. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, that, part of you is like, well, this is really convenient and easy. But another part <laughs> of you is like, hmm, should it be this convenient? Yeah, and should easy? it
0: be? Yeah. And for me,
1: I'm like, I love it because, you know, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm that much of a psychopath
0: uh so Uh, it's
1: it's nice for me but i'll but uh back on to yeah uh the drugs thing so now Mm. so now we're in 2021 the 2020 election happened in montana and on our ballot was uh they left it up to the people do you want legalized marijuana yes or no Mm. and the proposal was the fund the tax revenue would go towards uh
0: Schools and whatnot.
1: Schools and kind of we would get a lot of people out of prison and we kind of help. uh, I believe part of it was rehabilitating people coming out of prison so you don't just get the cycle of in and out of prison that Mm. happens a lot in this country. So it passed. It was popular. I think it was 55 percent or so of the vote. And now the government's kind of monkeying with it. Huh. Now they're like, "Well, what if we spent the taxes on this instead? And what if we did this? And what if we did this and people all over the country are suing like, hey, I don't want marijuana in my state, so I'm going to sue the government." And and all due to the, and those provisions I mentioned that the government is trying to pass to kind of change how the funding is going, people are suing about that. Like, "No, this is not what the people voted for." So it's turning into a whole mess, but as far as I understand, I mean, it's not as far as I understand, it is legal right now perfectly Mm. legal the catch is you can't buy any because you have to you know it's like having a liquor license i can't just decide to start making and selling liquor just like you can't decide to just set up a stand and start selling marijuana you have to get your (laughs) permits and i don't think those are going to be ready until late this year um i was told the earliest we could expect to see any shops pop up is very late this year and early next year
0: i i think a lot of people are scared of it being a slippery slope because, you know, today it's marijuana, maybe tomorrow it's cocaine or heroin or PCP or, or whatever. Uh, yeah. I, find that, I find that to be a bit absurd. I think there are a lot of cases to be had why marijuana should be legal because besides the recreational use, there are some actual medicinal benefits to it. That's the same thing with, uh, with a lot of drugs, a lot of these opiates. There you go. Opiates. So, oh, yeah. morphine for example, had been uh, used as a drug for a very long time, but now it's often used as a painkiller but technically speaking it is a drug it's related to like you know like heroin and cocaine and whatnot um but i i understand the fear but yeah this using the tax money i think is one of the oldest tricks in the book um but i think it's good i mean they're gonna do it either way right so so tax it
1: regulate it make it (laughs) safe.
0: Yeah, that, exactly. You know, tax it, regulate it, make it safe. That should be a slogan. That is honestly, that's a really good sentence. That's, that should be a slogan. I, I, a I don't,
1: I'm I pretty sure I didn't invent that. I've heard, oh. I've heard a lot of people say that.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Uh, I think a, a lot of people say that about prostitution as well.
0: Well, that's the, that's the, that's the thinking here too. It's, uh, it's tax that's regulated how, how safe it is. I, I honestly do not know. But, But,
1: you know, if the government's involved, it would have to be safer. It's safer than, you know,
0: no oversight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I do think they should tax it. Prostitution, too. I think it should be legal in the U.S., but that's a discussion for, for a different day. But with respect to, like, drugs, I don't really see the harm in legalizing them and taxing them to a certain extent. You know, I do believe we can make, like, reasonable stops. Like, the same thing with, like, gay marriage you know because people are afraid like you know if if gay marriage is okay now what about you know people can marry like their cars or marry their dogs or whatnot and that's kind of
1: well it's simple uh, you you just don't do that
0: yeah yeah exactly so it's absurd so i believe that's the fear people have with having marijuana in the community and it's probably already there anyway you know oh
1: absolutely absolutely um even, even like authority figures, like I've had authority figures uh, offer me some before, for sure. <laughs> before, before it was legal, um, I, it's just, it's just one of those things. Everyone accepts it's cool until a cop is around.
0: Yeah, I also think it's a, it's a very, it's very uh, hypocritical because you allow drug, so you allow alcohol and cigarettes. So the the two big evils, I would say. So the, the two vices that are that are allowed by law and they tax they tax those things to no end, you know, because you have you have ATF <laughs> and you have alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, you know. So like the two biggest breadwinners for the government. And I would say alcohol does much more harm than like marijuana. Oh, I'll absolutely agree. Yeah. So
1: um I don't know if I've mentioned this on the mm. podcast before, but around at this point probably nine months ago i ended up hurting my wrist it was it wasn't a bone thing it was a tendon thing and due to the pandemic i never really got it dealt with until probably about a month and a half ago so i ended up um Mm. in a wrist splint nothing nothing that dramatic i just wear it 99 percent of the time and i was prescribed a uh i can't remember the exact type but i was prescribed a painkiller uh
0: like steroids or you, no. don't have, you don't have inflammation, do you?
1: It was anti, it was an anti-inflammatory. Thank you. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think it was really that helpful. My wrist didn't really hurt that much, but mm. the doctor said to take it. So I took it. So I I'm there to listen to what they have to say and be able to bend my wrist properly again. Yeah. And at this time I was, you know, at the very beginning of my new job, I'd still, still feels like a new job to me, but <clears throat> excuse me. At the time it was still very stressful every day I was like I am so out of my depth I do not know what I'm doing hmm. kind of feeling. And there were days where I'm like man I usually don't drink that much but now that I am on <laughs> this prescription painkiller I sure would like to. Yeah so a- when I came off of it and honestly what I really wanted was to have access to marijuana <laughs> but I was like you know I can't I'll there's it's legal, but i can't buy it anywhere so i'll i have plenty of liquor at home i'll, I'll have a few drinks tonight and for some reason i just didn't eat that night mm. and i just really wanted to empty my head so i was having a good time listening to music i was feeling pretty good for a while and then all of a sudden i very much wasn't oh so like like you said uh y- y- that would not have happened with marijuana i would not have uh greatly regretted my decisions only a few hours afterwards.
0: Yeah, and I don't... I, I don't really believe in, like, banning everything because people are going to do it anyway. I think there are things that, that should be banned. Um, even if people are still going to do it, So, for example, like, murder. You know, people are still going to murder. Um, I don't think there's a reason to legalize it, like, the purge. But... <laughs> uh, with, with respect to stuff like like drugs and substances... Um, I do believe they should be legalized and decriminalized because those, those are two different things. Yes, no, um,
1: nowhere in the U.S. has fully legalized everything. Oregon has decriminalized everything. Big difference.
0: Yeah, I know it's decriminalized. For example, in, in Portugal, I know all drugs have been uh, decriminalized and most of them are legal. And I think there should be more money put in, like helping uh, people who have addictions.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: You know? Yeah. But I don't know what an addiction to marijuana would look like. Uh, I guess you have like the potheads, you know, people who. Yeah,
1: I've I've heard, You know, from what I understand, I mean, I I think an addiction to anything can exist,
0: but it's yeah, that's true. Marijuana
1: is pretty non habit forming, from what I understand. Uh, aside from the fact that you like it, I don't think you yeah. become super chemically dependent on it.
0: Y- yeah, I've seen I've seen what heroin, acid, PCP, um. Alcohol. I see what they've done to people, and when I compare those effects to what marijuana does to someone, I see that as being, I guess, the 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 lesser evil for for lack of but of a better term, yeah. so to speak. I would
1: even say that for uh, sorry, uh, monkey brain. I don't know if you said alcohol, but I would even lump alcohol yeah. in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, alcohol. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's terrible. So, um. I don't drink, uh, but I do. Well, I do drink, obviously, like casually. But I was talking to my other friend who noticed that he was slowly becoming an alcoholic because you spend so much time at home and you can't really go outside. So you drink a beer every day and then one beer turns into two beers and two turns into three. You know what I mean? See, you, you got to yeah. learn to check yourself. And that's that ha- always happened to me too with with uh, the virus because you, you're at home all day and you're like, oh, I'll drink one beer here and then one beer there. And before you know it, <laughs> you've had way too much. But
1: I, I had a moment like that probably around five years ago. It was when I was uh, working as a cook. Uh-huh. I would um, oftentimes come home and have a couple of drinks. Nothing crazy. I wasn't getting like blackout drunk every night. Hmm. And then I was showering, getting ready to go to work one day. And I was standing in the shower thinking, oh, I feel awful. Why do I feel awful? And then my brain is like, yeah, you know what you're really craving? You're craving a drink. I'm like, oh, uh, that's not a good sign. Let's not drink for a few weeks and get that <laughs>
0: out of here. Yeah. I try to drink like really like weak stuff, like something that has like 5% or whatnot. Um, or if I buy like a bottle of wine, I'll sit on it for about like a week or two. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. So I, I, you know, just not too much at once, but the the u.s does have like a very big pot culture so in a couple of weeks we have 420 i don't know if you've heard of that oh absolutely (laughs) i'd be surprised if you had it so for i guess for those outside of the u.s because it's more of an american thing it's basically like national weed day in the u.s and
1: yes i i don't know who came up with that
0: you don't know the Uh, story
1: i don't if they were trying to be pro marijuana they picked a terrible day
0: so i heard this so i just kind of heard this through the weeds and it's probably more of like an urban myth i wouldn't subscribe or ascribe any kind of truth to it but the myth is basically there are these kids in high school i don't know in what year it was or where it was but there are these kids in high school who were like the stoners and they would smoke a lot and after school because in, in most high schools in the U.S., school is out at around, like, uh, like f- uh, 3, 4 p.m.-ish, uh, depending on where you're at. And so after, like, school, they would go outside the, the back of the school and they would smoke at around 4.20. So 4.20 oh, p.m. Right.
1: Yeah, I have heard this.
0: Yeah, so they would smoke together at 4.20 p.m. And so this kind of became, like, you know, the rallying day for people who wanted to kind of, like, smoke marijuana, weed, a reefer, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and that's kind of like where, where it comes from but like i said i don't know how true that is it might just be like an urban myth but
1: and it kind of came on an unfortunate day uh i don't know if you are aware of this 420 is also hitler's birthday
0: oh yeah it and is a lot of
1: people have used that to to demonize,
0: demonize it, it. Um, yeah
1: They're like oh of course the potheads would celebrate on hitler's birthday
0: i've never heard that um I mean, I didn't know that was his birthday. I don't celebrate it. But <laughs> uh, uh, I would hope not. But I didn't know that that was a reason to to demonize it.
1: I haven't heard uh, that in a long time. I think the last time I heard something like that was in high school. But it's one of those things, you know, when, when you're that against something, you take yeah. every little bit of ammo you can find you're going to use.
0: But I do believe with respect to weed that there has been a lot of acceptance So if I think about like 10, 15 years ago when I was in high school, it was still kind of looked down down upon. You did have like a lot of these uh, like pothead movies, you know, like The Clerks or like Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. It was kind of uh, presumed that they were also kind of like potheads and whatnot. Whereas now it's become more and more acceptable, I would say, to Mm -hmm. the dismay of a lot of people. um, Well,
1: there's too many test cases now. It's been legalized so many places for so long. Everyone's like, all right, where's the bad stuff? You you can't point to any of the bad stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, So everyone knows Amsterdam. Everyone knows, you know, when you think of like the Netherlands, Holland, Amsterdam, you think of like weed, you think of cannabis. And everyone has asked me, like, have you been there? Have you like gone to like a coffee shop? And yes, I've been there. No, I haven't gone to a coffee shop. But they were having such a problem with tourists coming to the city and just smoking uh, that I believe they banned it. So they banned it a couple of years ago. So unless you're like a permanent resident in certain parts of the Netherlands, you can't like go to a coffee shop and order that um, just because I'm, it's been, I'm surprised they would turn that, turn away that revenue. Yeah. Well, just cause people were like getting high and just destroying stuff. And it was just, you know, giving the city a bad reputation. So they kind of blocked it. And, and plus uh, you can't import that so a lot of people will go to the netherlands so germans will go to the netherlands buy stuff and come back to germany and they definitely search at the border so people think like the borders in europe are open and they are but the cops are there they're just hidden <laughs> so yeah. you have to so you have to look really closely to see them but they're there and a lot of people will go to the netherlands like i said buy weed come to germany and they'll get arrested
1: <laughs> That. You know, that kind of reminds me of, so before Montana legalized, and like I was saying, Colorado was one of the first, it might've been the first, honestly, Mm. I think it was like a wave of like five that were the first. So uh, for people who don't have, aren't staring at a map of the U.S. or aren't familiar with it, uh, I'm in Montana at the kind of the Northwest part of the country. Below me is a square state called Wyoming, and below that is the state of Colorado, so a lot of people I know they would make it like a weekend trip. You go down to Denver, hang out for a while, buy a bunch of weed, drive it back home. But every, all the police in Wyoming know that, so they would like as soon as you cross that border, there is a solid chance, at least at the uh, at least at the time, because I don't know why. I suppose there's no stores here, so people might still be doing it. They would be ready to swoop in, pull you over, and kind of say, "Hey." what are you doing? (laughs) Where are you going? Where have you been? And, you know, they kind of have any excuse to kind of check your car, see if you're smuggling. Um... And it's, it's kind of interesting. Even the legalization thing is kind of, it's kind of complicated to do it legally. So Mm. when I did go to Denver for the first time, uh, after it was legalized, i was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to buy someone. I'm going to go to a shop. It's going to be a whole, it'll be a whole thing. I, I was kind of Googling, like, how do I do this? Yeah. I don't know what the procedure to buy is. So uh, my friend drove me there. He didn't want to come inside, but he wanted stuff. So like, all right, I'll get it for both of us. So I go in and it's kind of like a waiting room. And I'm like, am I in the right place? And someone comes up to the window, says, hey, can I help you? I'm like, uh, I'm trying to buy Marijuana? like okay and then they open a door and there's a shop past the waiting room just like a totally normal looking shop hmm. and then and they were super nice and helped me out and then i was like okay now what do i do from here uh so i googled it like oh that makes sense marijuana is like drinking you can't just sit at a park bench and you know drink a bottle of whiskey you would get arrested because you can't just do that in public
0: unless it's in a paper bag then then you're fine
1: uh, <laughs> i don't know if they'll stand up in court but it's better than nothing yeah so i'm thinking okay what am i gonna do can't you know you're supposed to smoke it on your pro- on your property i don't have mm. property i'm staying at a hotel i'm not gonna smoke in the hotel even if even if it was allowed you know i don't want to smoke damage things or set off a fire alarm so i end up taking uh my friend's car i picked up some taco bell And I'm sitting in the parking, like on the dead side of the park, on the far side of the parking lot where there's not very many cars at night, eating my Taco Bell, like smoking this pre-wrapped blunt, just kind of staring around like, fine, I'm not going to get in trouble. It's all okay. No one's here. (laughs) But I, I just, it's funny to me how difficult it is even to do it legally by the book, uh, in places where it is legalized, even though I don't think the cops make a habit of just swooping down on anyone who looks like they're smoking something.
0: Yeah, but you never know. Uh,
1: Exactly, and I'm a paranoid (laughs) person. Like, I don't want to get arrested in
0: Colorado. (laughs) No, although it is a beautiful place. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, Especially the Rocky Mountains in winter. I I really love those.
1: I I, I can't say... um... I'm that impressed on that front just because i uh, already kind of live in them
0: <laughs> uh okay that's true i mean they're
1: always beautiful but we've kind of talked about this before kind of, yeah I, I have that built-in montana supremacist things like yeah you have mountains but mine are better <laughs> it's fine and, you know they're pretty yeah they're they're, they're pretty mine are better but it's, you know they're nice yeah
0: no, i've never i've never been to montana i haven't really been that much to anywhere in the u.s i've only been to like eight states um which sounds super impressive and when- to people who don't know that there are like 50 of them plus the territories so yes (laughs) but Mm. but oh yeah uh, yeah something
1: else i did want to talk about so this was a huge problem in montana for a very long time and it's still likely a problem it's just gotten a little better um i believe at one point montana was the worst state for meth
0: really we
1: had um and i this kind of made national news got famous and you can look them up and find them it's called the montana meth campaign they would release these crazy commercials like terrifying commercials where Mm. um someone was like you know i wish when i went to that party that night i wish i jumped that fence i wish five guys jumped me and beat me half to death because then i wouldn't have done meth (laughs) but it was like all this crazy like terrifying imagery like really graphic stuff but our meth problem was so bad and there were billboards everywhere. It was such a problem.
0: Uh, uh, I, and you would... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead.
1: I, I, was, I was just going to say, there's obviously a lot of communities here where uh, that, like, a solid chunk of the community was just, you know, using meth and... It, I think, uh, and I don't know if you've heard about this, but when you're making methamphetamine, it's kind of a chemically unstable yeah. process.
0: Yeah. And like, an
1: explosion can happen.
0: That's pretty common.
1: Yeah, I know. I think a couple of years ago, one at a trailer park somewhere in the state <laughs> blue.
0: If you're gonna find a meth lab, it's gonna be in a trailer park. <laughs> that's yes. just. Yeah, I've been to a meth lab before too, a former meth lab, and it was in a trailer park. You know but i i feel so bad that i I, did, I forgot to touch on this like the war on drugs uh is something oh. we should we should have mentioned because well,
1: it's, it's such a huge topic it's hard to it, hit everything
0: yeah it is but there was this so the war on drugs was kind of started by nixon in the 70s i believe and it's still ongoing and if you google the war on drugs there's this meme that comes up and it has there like different versions of it but the most common version is, is: I'd like to thank the war on drugs for winning the war on drugs, <laughs> or I'd like mm. to think drugs for winning the war on drugs, because the war on drugs has been, in my opinion, a colossal failure, uh, in every uh, in every sense of the word.
1: Oh yes, and, and so it's that's hurt the, economically. Uh, it's just on, on so
0: many levels. It's destroyed families, and and they're not winning, and and you see that because if you can't beat them, you join them. And so they're starting to legalize it and they're starting to decriminalize stuff because they just can't win. And, yeah.
1: And that's why the the federal government's been such a holdout, because it was a federal government thing.
0: Yeah, for yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because it was started by the federal government and they they had like these drug classification laws and, and, and whatnot. But for those who are interested, you should definitely Google uh, like 80s cartoons about drugs and like the ads you'll find are just I mean, they blow your mind. Like, it kind of reminds me of what you just talked about about like getting beaten up because of doing meth. And oh,
1: yeah, like the classic, uh, this is your brain.
0: Yeah. This is your
1: brain on drugs or meth or whatever. I, uh, I highly recommend looking up those Montana meth commercials. Like, they're not ridiculous. Like, they're not comical. They're like dead serious. Like, oh, look, this person has rotting teeth and all these other awful things and blah, blah, blah. Like they, they were trying as hard as they can to scare people, but it's meth and meth is scary. So they didn't have to lie.
0: No, it definitely is. There, uh, there are some drugs that you definitely can't uh, make them look appealing. So I was like, uh, like meth, for example, or heroin or cocaine, there's nothing appealing about them at all. And there's kind of, there's no redemption for them. Whereas with marijuana, that i do think there is a case to be had as uh, as to why we should legalize it absolutely and a, lot of, and a lot of people agree with me that's why they're doing it i mean they're not doing it because they agree with me but we all have the same opinion so mm. um, especially
1: for people there you know there are a lot of people with pain that it helps yeah you know, there's definitely. a lot of people like like me i i have a really hard time turning off my brain i have a yeah. really hard times um just stop thinking about certain things. Like I'll tell myself, oh, I don't want to think about this awful, terrible thing I did 13 years ago. Yeah, but definitely. now I can't stop, you know, my, or I'm stressing about something that happened at work three days ago and I just can't stop thinking about it. And, you know, you could go blackout drunk and stop thinking about it, which I won't say I went blackout drunk, but I went a fair bit drunk that one night I was talking about.
0: Yeah, definitely. Was sickened
1: right away. Or I could, you know, have something... A lot easier on your system, aside from the smoking thing. I have asthma, so I shouldn't be smoking. But edibles exist. Yeah, I was edibles gonna say, are can, nice.
0: You could eat it. Uh, I don't like the smell. I've never had. I've never had drugs at all, really, with the exception of like prescription stuff, which also as right. uh, part of the war on drugs. I guess a really quick point before we go is like prescription painkillers and like with OxyContin and whatnot, and how addictive oh, those yes. things are. Yeah. And then once
1: your prescription is over, uh, your only course is to turn to street drugs, and then yeah. you that starts eating all your money, and that's a whole that's a whole hour long topic that uh, massive yeah. epidemic on the country.
0: <laughs> yeah. You just have to Google, you know, prescription painkillers, U.S. oxycotton yeah. and stuff like Go- that. Google
1: the op- opioid epidemic.
0: Yeah. Well, th- thank you. Yeah. Exactly. The opioid epidemic right now and i've met so many people i've had so many people whose lives have been destroyed by these by these legal they're legal drugs i mean that's what they are and they've done much more harm than good especially when you compare them to things like uh cigarettes and uh like marijuana but that's a that's a story for another day that's a a never-ending story yes so that was my last point before we go do you have one um
1: I don't believe I have anything quick that wouldn't lead to an hour long discussion. So I think we're good.
0: All right. So we're good. So yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you, hope you all found it really interesting. I found it, I found it very exciting. Intriguing. So we'll be back next week as always. And yeah. See you soon. Have a great week. All right. Bye.